0: Go ahead and take your Bibles with me and turn it to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 9 and 10. This is our second uh, message in um, our Advent series, God With Us. Today we're looking at the theme of hope. Alright. 1 John 4 verses 9 and 10. If you're there, say Word. Order. If you're not, say hold up. We'll wait on it. Go ahead and stand with me in the honor of the reading of God's Word. Just two verses. First John 4, verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for this season where we can reflect on your coming, on you sending your Son, God in the flesh, to dwell among us. And so help us as we reflect on what your coming means for us this Christmas, this Advent season. God, help us to find the truth. Help us to be a reminder of the promises and help us, help us to leave here changed by what your word tells us. Use me as you see fit. We ask this in your son's precious name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What do you love? Love is a, is a weird word. Love can be thrown, thrown around so easy nowadays. We can say we love hunting or we love our trucks. I don't hunt or I don't have a truck, but I would love a truck. I do love Christmas tree cakes though. (laughs) Man alive. Can't keep them in my house though. My kids eat them. I'll buy a box, I'm serious, I'll buy a box of five. I'll eat one of them, they'll eat the other four. It's ridiculous. (laughs) We can say we love the outdoors or we love this TV show. We say we love so many different things. But what is love, really? And when we look at saying that I love Christmas tree cakes compared to saying I love my wife, which would I die for? Don't answer that question. (laughs) Which would I die for? When we see First John 4, 9 and 10, we see the act of God's love. More than that, we see what is the revealing of God's love. The ESV says that the love of God is made manifest. It is revealed to us. What we need to understand as the church, as believers, is the greatest act of love that anybody could have shown us, and God did it. Christmas is all about the cross. If Christmas was only about Jesus coming to earth, and that's it, if, if there's no Easter, then Christmas is pointless. Christmas is about the cross. The main idea that I have for you this morning is this. shows his love by sending his Son to save us from our sins. God shows his love by sending his son to save us from our sins. And it's all throughout scripture. It's not just in 1 John 4, 9 and 10. It's in Romans 5. For God shows his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3.16 is not showing us how much God loves the world, but showing us how he shows his love to the world. I think it's the Christian Standard Bible translates it as God shows his love for, or I'm sorry, God loves the world in this way. By sending his only son. Church, when we look at the love of God, there's no greater picture than the cross. But we see that that is the point of Christmas. The book that that we're giving away to you, Gentle and Lowly, cannot join you the love that Christ has for sinners and sufferers. So I've got two things for you this morning. I've got two points, but it's a seven-point sermon. Point one. God sends his son so that we might live. He shows his love by sending his son to save us from our sins. So he sends his son so that we might live. And that's what verse 9 says tells us, verse 9 says this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. I just got done finishing out Greek for the year. And you want to talk about love. I loved finishing Greek for the year. (laughs) Well, let's break this verse down. We see the word manifest. It's revealed. God's love is revealed to us. The cross is the revealing of God's love. It is, it is a gift to us to show us how much He loves us. Fathers, have you, have you ever done anything, built something to show your family, your kids, your wife, just how much you love them? Because love is an action verb, right? Love is not just a feeling, it's shown through action. I can say I love something, but unless I actually show that I love it, I don't really love it. See, God is using this as an action verb. The, the, The love is revealed to us by sending his only son into the world. So here we go. Here's the second point, but it's not number two. It's 1A. We see the mission. We see the mission. That word sent. God sent His only Son into the world. God sent Him into the world. The Son proceeded from the Father. The, The Son came into world. I think Martin Lloyd-Jones says that if if God sent the Son, then that means that the Son must have already existed before this. Christ is the Son incarnate. He, Christ, is flesh on the Son. The Son has existed eternally before the birth of Jesus. Your mind blown yet? John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Who's that Word? This, this Word put on flesh and made His dwelling among us. Who's that Word? Jesus. Jesus. God sent His Son on mission. Christ came into the world for a purpose. On mission. We see that, number two, we see the person of God. We see the mission and then we see the person. Look at that word only. I like that word only. That only is a really good word. If you were just reading the ESV and you just read only son, you'd think, well, God didn't have any other sons. He only had this son. See the word only in Greek is special. It means unique. It means that this son is unique. That this son has come not as man. Just just man, truly man, but not as just man. God didn't send Abraham. He didn't send Moses. He didn't send an angel. He sent his unique son. That's what we get John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. Even some of your tradelists say begotten. He's begotten, but he's not made. Fourth century. Council of Nicaea. It's a, it's a legend that this happened. St. Nicholas. Who was a real person, by the way. Saint Nicholas, in 4th century, was at the Council of Nicaea. Arius, another guy. Everybody say Saint Nicholas? Saint Everybody say Arius? Arius. You're a church historian. Isn't that amazing? Arius has come out denying the divinity of Jesus. He's saying Jesus is of like substance of the Father. He's not of the same substance. Legend has it, St. Nicholas punched Arius in the face. That's Santa for you. Punched Arius in the face because he was denied the divinity in Jesus. Church, when we look at only the God, he is the unique, same substance, son of God, true God. When we see the person That has come. When we see the child that has been born. We see that he is God. In the flesh. Unique. Perfect. Truly God. Truly man. Sinless. No sin nature. He is unique. He is God who has stepped down in humanity in the person of Jesus, uniquely qualified to pay the penalty for the fall of human race. He is the one and only. His death is unique because it is the only death through which we have been given life. There's no other death that could have been given in which we could be given life. He is unique in the sense that our belief of who Jesus is makes him distinct in the belief of Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and even Muslims. We believe he is God in the flesh. Truly God, truly man. And because Christ is the unique son of God, this is why he is able to do what he's going to do. So we see the mission, we see the person, Thirdly, we see the purpose. In verse 9, we see the purpose. We see that God has sent on mission His only unique Son into the world. Now, you have to understand that. Do, Do you see what we are understanding here? That Christ, the Son of God, has stepped down He has stepped down from glory. He has stepped down from a sinless reality into humanity. So not only has he stepped out of light into darkness as light into darkness, he has come into this world, as we saw last week, to suffer. He took on humanity to suffer that makes him unique God did that thirdly we see the purpose so that we might live through him not so that we might have a blessed life on this earth even though being a believer we are truly blessed but not in material things not so that we can be rich not so that we can be healthy No, he has come to give his life so that we might have eternal life through him. So that we may live through him. So that we may live for eternity with him. John 10, I have come to give life and to give it abundantly, So that we might live through him. Do you see the love of God yet? Just in the sending of His Son so that we might live. Not yet. Let's keep going. Verse 10. In point 2. He sends His Son, God sends His Son so that He would die. God sends His Son so that we might live. And God sends his son so that he would die. Verse 10, it says this, And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And this is love that God sends him for this purpose, to die. What do we we see in this verse? First, we see the source. The source of what? We see the source of God's love. We see the source of Christ's death. We see the source of, of how we can live. That source comes from God himself. Romans 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6 tells us, for, 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 for we deserve the judgment of God. For the wages of sin is death. Church, we we deserve death. We deserve the very depths of hell. I mean, do you, do you believe that? Do you, do you understand that? Because in order for us to really understand the love that God has for us, we need to understand the bad news. The bad news is that you are sinful, and you do not deserve the grace of God. The bad news is that you are lost and depraved and you are without any hope apart from Jesus Christ. The bad news is that you cannot do anything to save yourself. No amount of obedience to God's law will save you. God's word tells us that his law was not meant to save us but was meant to show us our sin. So we see the source here. The source is God's love. All of this has come from God's love. Now listen, this is where this is, this is great. Because you are sinful, because you are unholy, a holy and righteous God has every right to throw you into hell. He does. Whoa, Jesse, that's kind of harsh. It's true. You've rebelled against a sinful and holy God. You have disobeyed a sinful and holy God. And we see that disobedience deserves judgment. But we see that the source is God himself who sends his son. God, who looks at you and sees that you deserve wrath. Out of his love sends his son. You see the source. And this is love. Not that we have loved God. You hear that? Not that we have loved God. God did send his son because you love him. Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? God did not send his son because you loved him. God sent his son because he loves you. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loves you us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins so we see the source and secondly you see the cost the propitiation what is that there's a there continues to be this debate going on about whether this term propitiation just means forgiveness of sins or if it means a little bit more People try to translate propitiation to mean expiation, which is forgiveness of sins. Propitiation means a little bit more. The Greek means a little bit more. It means that Christ is the cause, the payment to satisfy the wrath of God. The punishment for our sins. Christ. Christ. Bore on the cross. The punishment for our sins. Christ bore on the cross. We see. Within. God with us. We see within Christ coming to us. We see. The extent of God's love. He was willing to enter into a selfish and sinful world. We see that selfishness and sinfulness when Mary was pregnant, came to Bethlehem and could not find a room. Nobody was willing to give up their room for a pregnant woman. So she had to go and give birth in a feeding trough. She gave birth in a barn, guys. Christ was born into this. He was born into poverty. The king of kings and lord of lords who stepped out from glory, born into poverty. We see in the gospels how he, they didn't have much. They had no money. And Christ was raised as an ordinary boy. He was to work with his hands. To do the work himself. in his ministry, we see that he had no place to lay his head. In his ministry, we see that he was betrayed by his friend. His disciples placed on trial, spat upon, suffered and tortured, skin ripped from his body. I mean, this is what God has done in his love for us by sending himself to suffer and die the cost. You see the cross. Crucifixion. Listen, when we hear of the word excruciating pain, that we got that word from crucifixion. The Romans had perfected capital punishment. They had perfected pain and torture. And it was on the cross. This son was sent to the world as halasimus, as our propitiation, as our atoning sacrifice. He was sent by God in order that God would punish our sins in him. Corinthians five twenty one: for God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. We see that he had to be separated from the face of God so that we might be brought near to him. We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying and dropping his brow. We see that on the cross when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had to be separated from the face of the Father because of our sin. The extent of God's love, church. Only to be resurrected to show that God meant what he said. And that God has defeated sin and death. Church, understand that the father and the son, they share this type of love. This perfect love for each other. Parents, can you imagine sending your child to do something like that? Can you imagine giving up one of your kids for somebody else? The father has for the son is the same love that the father has for the church in which he sends his son to purchase and for. We see Christ as our substitute He takes our place. He takes our payment. And it's the greatest gift we can ever receive, church. The greatest gift we can ever receive. There's something we do not do in our house during Christmas time. We do not tell our kids that if they are bad, they're not going to get presents this year. It's like, well, you're spoiling them. No, we're not. We're trying to show them grace. Because the gifts that I'm giving my children for Christmas are not based on their actions. It's based on my love for them. The gifts that God, the Father gives to us is not based on our actions. Praise God for that. that the, 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 the giving of the Son was not based on our actions because He never would have come. But the greatest gift that was ever given on the cross was based on God's love for us. You see what I'm saying? We can be so, so anti-gospel at Christmas time. So anti-gospel. It's bad. It's unhealthy. Christmas is when we get to show the greatest picture of grace. You see it on the cross. You see it on the cross. God shows his love by sending his son to save us from our sins. He sins his son, that we might live. He sends his son so that he would die. Christ died on the cross so that we might live through him. The greatest picture of love we can ever see. Like the hymn says, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss, in poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid, it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ, my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to His blood. See from His head, His hands, His feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er so such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Check out this last verse. Were the whole realm of nature mine that were a present far too small? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. What does the love of God on the cross show for us? In the book of 1 John, John is using that as a point to where we are to love each other. Because God has loved us. Well, how can I love my neighbor? How can I love the people in the pew next to me when they act differently than me? They dress differently than me. Understand this. If you can understand the fact that God loved a sinner like you, that God loved a horrible wretch like you, you don't know me, Jesse but I know myself. There are days where I feel like Paul, where I feel like I'm the worst sinner to ever lived Oh, wretched man that I am. If you if you can see that God loves a sinner like you, you can love one another. So what do we do with this message? What do we do with this message that God is love? What do we do with the message that God reveals his love to us on the cross like the song we just sang and I ruined it but the song we just sang go tell it on the mountain we scream it from the rooftops we scream it from the top of mountains we scream it from the streets we let people know there is a God who has died so believe in believe in him so that you might live through him. I pray that is where your faith is this morning. I pray that your faith is in Christ, the one who died for us and showed his great love for us on the cross. If it's not, do talk to me. Let's make that right. Let's pray. Father God, we are so thankful for your word. We're thankful for your cross we're thankful that you sent your son to die for us so that we might live through him. God, I pray that you are doing a work within the people in this congregation to let them know what the gospel is. That you out of your love and grace despite our works despite our sin, despite our actions sent your son to die. God, help us. Help us to find relief in knowing that our salvation is secure in your work and not in ours. Find us relief and help us find relief in knowing that there is grace at the foot of the cross that you have come to die for our sin. Help us this morning. We ask this in your son's precious hand Amen.